It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at threepointpod. The fellows will get enrolling right after this from our partners. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. It's time for episode 257 of the three-point podcast presented by Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center and SkyMint Cannabis. Memorial Healthcare's Wellness Center, over a thousand members now at that beautiful facility, all kinds of workout equipment, fitness classes, a therapy pool, sauna, steam rooms. Again, keep the towels on, fella. Uh, Learn more about going online at memorialhealthcare.org. And also SkyMint Cannabis. SkyMint Cannabis farm to stash grown right here in Michigan. Over 15 locations in the state. Check out the SkyMint Reserve if you're over 21. Go online at skymint.com. Check out all the latest deals and sign up for the rewards program. New customers can still use that coupon code 3.20 at the Corona store for 20% off SkyMint products. We also want to thank our other great local partners, AZ Printing Solutions, Capital Sports Fieldhouse, Pro Real Estate and Auction, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. Well, let's do what we always do, fellas. Let's catch up. All right. Well, as you guys know, the airport is my my least favorite place in the entire world to be. Second behind that is the grocery store. So this happened right before this podcast, man. It, it, they're <laughs> like clockwork. Every week when I don't have anything to talk about and catch up, something happens right before we record this show. So <laughs> I'm walking into Meyer, literally just grabbing eggs. So I'm making a beeline right to the eggs. I just got out of work, kind of beat for the day, flipping, just ready to get home and relax for a little bit before we record this podcast. So I'm kind of speed walking toward the eggs. You know, I'm, I'm get walk right in. Uh, I literally jogged into Meyer. That's how much of a rush I was kind of in. Jogged into Meyer, walked walked past the fresh vegetables, walked past the you know deli meats on your right as you're heading toward the eggs, the lunchables, the yogurt. As I'm walking up, there is this lady in a motorized cart right at the end of the yogurt, which the eggs are right next to the yogurt in the glass containers. The the yogurt is in some case, you know, right next to it. So I'm as I'm walking down this aisle, I see this lady in the motorized cart and like probably her daughter that's like 30 years old. The daughter is standing 
to the right of the of the eggs that I wanted, which was the two dozen egg packaging, she was standing in front of the, the dozen egg packaging. I thought nothing of it. She was kind of standing there, like looking at her phone, looking back at her mom, looking back at the eggs, not moving. So I just think nothing of it. I walk right by, open up the door, ear, grab the eggs out, start walking away. As I'm walking away, she mumbles something under her breath, something like, oh, not that I'm not standing here or anything. I, as I'm walking away, I pondered it for a solid two seconds in my brain. Like I should just let this go. I normally do let that type of stuff go, but then I kind of like glanced at her and she was death staring me. And when I saw her (laughs) death staring me, that's when it really just like kind of set me off. And I never do this, man. It, to be honest, the only other time I did it is, and I'll follow it up with this was to a homeless guy in Arizona. I'll talk about that in a second. As, so she says that. And I, I just couldn't resist. So I like turned to her. And I'm like, what exactly were you pondering standing there? It's eggs. It's not rocket science. Grab them and go. This is not your Meyer. And this is the funniest part. I don't know. It was like I was speaking poetry out of my mouth. Because when I was working at Meyer, they give you a Fred Meyer like autobiography book that I read because I was so damn bored there. So I knew that he was the one that owned Meyer. So I said, you aren't Fred Meyer. You do not own this place. This isn't your world. And we're just living in it. I then wow. just literally beeline walk right away, start walking. She like starts talking, like can't form her sentence. By the time I get out of earshot, she said something. I couldn't even hear it. And I tell wow. you what, man, I was felt so empowered walking away from that. Chest like, chest was I, all puffed out yeah, when you were walking out. away. I know why ladies like her love to bitch at the cashiers, love to bitch at the waiters, Karen. love to bitch at people like me, because it was an all-time rush, man. I feel great coming into this podcast. I was and I'm say, so glad that I spoke my mind. Yay. You know, there are times, I, you know, uh, turn the other cheek. There's all those cliches you hear about, you know, there's there's no reason sometimes to get in those confrontations. But yeah, like you said, you were like spitting bars, as the kids say, <laughs> when, when this lady kind of conf- confronted you. Sometimes it is worth speaking up a little bit, like... Because maybe, you know, people might be able to say, like, maybe you took it a little far saying, like, you're not Fred Meyer. That's actually pretty funny. That's a good line. But, you know, like a simple, yeah, like, what what did you expect me to do? Like, wait for you to stare at your phone for 20 minutes? You and know, when like, I, and sorry to cut you off, Matt, but when I say yeah. she was not even in the way, like, I, there, she didn't have to move. She was literally standing to the side in front of the other door, walk right by her, open up the door, grab the eggs out turned around and was walking past her mom in the motorized cart and she opened up her mouth. Yeah. It was like, it. Was, I didn't even think twice about it. You know how sometimes you'll like somebody be doing that. You kind of wait. Didn't even think twice to wait. Like there was nothing yeah. to wait for. She was just standing there. Yeah. I don't, you know, I, th- I think that I'd be curious. We could probably do, let's, let's throw out prep spotlight sports potpourri and Ted entertainment. Let's do a whole podcast on this. Ted, you probably agree. I think social media has given people, this platform that makes them feel like they can just like treat people like this. Jared, you just opened the door and grabbed your eggs. What, what made her think that she should like say that comment to you? All you right. did, you opened, op- you didn't like push her aside. You didn't like, you know, box out her mom and like go steal eggs. It was the last carton ever on plant on planet earth. And you snagged them. Like what, what makes her think that she could say that? It makes me think about when people, when like the the green you're at a stoplight and the light turns green and immediately they're on their horn burr, burr, burr. Yeah. and it's like what are you doing just this morning i know you you got a little more jared just this morning a similar thing happened i'm 
coming out of our neighborhood, we pull onto a very, very busy street, especially in the morning. So like if you, if you get a window that you can pull out, you kind of want to get it. Well, this morning I'm taking the kids to school and stuff. There was a window and like my son like dropped his milk and my daughter was like saying something about her shoe. So I was a little distracted and you know, I'm like looking down and by the time I look up, I was like, ah, damn, I, I missed that window. window. And then here comes the 70 cars that I have to wait for. Sure enough, someone is behind me blaring on their horn, yeah. giving me the like hands, like, what are you doing? I just like <laughs> calmly wave. And I'm like, I apologize. I have two children in here that are like melting down, right? They weren't melting down, but you know, it's just like, what, what are you so mad about? What are people, people are just so mad all the time. It's like, you know, I know sometimes you have a rough day, you know, everyone's going through some stuff. So, you know, you try and take that into consideration, but it just seems like people are so on edge and mad all the time. I don't know. I think, I think there's a little bit to it in social media. I mean, obviously the times have really changed with social media and people's, uh, their guts, let's put it that yeah, way, that's what on, I mean. on how they yeah. can act on social media. You right. know, there's nothing that can happen, but I also think, and we've talked about it before, uh, the whole the whole political thing in the last few years, and then on top of that, we get hit with COVID, and you know, three years of this crap. There is an angry society out there right now, and I had a similar experience. I had an experience where I was like wrong, but I, I went to the hospital. Right, I'll talk more about our grandbaby. We went to the hospital. You pay, you know, you go to the parking ramp, and uh, I came out. And you got to go through one of those gates where the gate raises up, right? Yep. So I put the credit card in and it wasn't cooperating correctly. And all of a sudden this guy, behind, I'm looking at the little thing to my left with the window down. All of a sudden this guy just lays on the horn and says, <laughs> the gate's up, idiot. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry. I'm bad. You know, I'm an old right, driver. Right. What can I tell you? Right. No need to be real angry. So I, yeah, I took the bullet on that one. But yeah, man, people are just pissed. Yeah. yeah. It's it's unbelievable, man. And a lot of people are listening to this probably thinking I'm the idiot for responding and escalating the situation. But I, I couldn't take it. I couldn't take another second of it. And the, but it was, it's kind of it's kind of to Ted's point that I don't know if it's social media, you know, whatever. Right. People have gotten to the point where they think they can make the comments like she did to you and not get any retaliation or not get anything back. I, I think yeah. it's given people like this sense of like security. I mean, and it obviously it. We see videos all the time that it goes much farther. Jared, all you did was, you know, spout back at her. A lot of times you see videos that people have guns violent. on them or they get yeah. they get violent. So it's like people feel like they can just make these stupid comments. Like she could have grumbled under her breath. And then after you walked away, maybe said something to her mom. Like, what the hell was that kid doing? Yeah, you know, right. if she was that mad. Why'd she have to say something to you? Like, uh, I, it's like, I really, listen. The Fred Meyer I, line. That, the Fred Meyer line. I one. would have said I was sorry if I, there was, n I did nothing wrong. And that's like, it, I, it was so preposterous that it just snapped something in my brain that hasn't been snapped in a long time. And as I said, the only other, I don't know if it's because uh, the post like Aaron Rodgers, you know, darkness retreat is what's made me this way. But when I was walking to the gym, my last day, my second to last day in Arizona by myself, my brother was coming back from Denver for work trip i was walking there at 7 a.m this guy this homeless guy is laying on the bench uh as soon as i'm walking by of course he like sprouts right up and he's awake hey you got any change I, genuinely i look in my phone i have no change who carries around cash or anything i said oh sorry man i don't I, like open up my wallet show him 
oh yeah you do i know you do what's in your backpack so then i'm dude, and then this is, this is another time where it snapped and i said no i don't and you know what i'm glad i don't now and i just kept walking right <laughs> oh. and the guy had nothing to say man it was that's a yeah that that also happened so that was i don't a, know it's just something I guess that's what I took away from the darkness retreat, man. I'm tired of taking some of this bullshit that I don't need to anymore, man. That's fair, you know. And it, the the whole homeless thing that that's kind of a a tough thing. You want to help is. them out. You want to help them out because you know they might be you know down on their luck. But then at the same time, when he's giving you a guilt trip, when you're honestly saying like, "Sorry, man, I don't have any change," it, then it makes you kind of like, "What do you want me to do?" You know? Just the way he said it, it was right. so like evil and snarky. Like I just couldn't stand it. So yeah, yeah. Well, a little bit of a depressing catch up, but that's where my life <laughs> has been the last couple of weeks. Well, no, that he was eyeballing your your backpack too, man. Right. That would have made me nervous right then and there. Well, what's yeah. going on? I have yeah, had a backpack have... stolen before with five hundred dollars yes, cash in it. So you got to be weary of basically everything nowadays. Yeah. I mean. Not not to be like cynical, but I, I always say sometimes like I don't put past put anything past anyone, you know. Absolutely. You need to be aware of everything. But it's a, you know, you're having some life. I feel like in your your young age, I mean you're you know, you're growing up or whatever, but you're having some good life lessons out life there. Life lessons. That's a perfect <laughs> way to put it. Yeah. And and he's also, you know, working in Detroit. So you're gonna be exposed to a heck of a lot of things. You have already, I'm sure. Yeah. I've already heard some of those stories that just uh I'm sure it makes your mother very nervous. That's all I'll yeah. say on that. <laughs> it's overblown, man. It's no different than living anywhere else. I, I haven't noticed any difference. Fair enough. What, fair what enough. I'm hearing too is, um, so let's see, one run-in was post-workout. So you were probably tired and pretty hungry. Right. And the one tonight was you were trying to speed home with some eggs. You were probably going to make yourself a nice omelet for dinner. Some protein. So I think, I think hunger, does hunger come into play when, when you're going to snap? It, it, it might, man. That's not a bad <laughs> hypothesis. I, it's there. It's just, you never know when it's going to snap. Two totally different situations, two totally different people, yeah. two totally different scenarios. I, I don't know. I, I wish I knew. If I knew I'd be like the Hulk, I'd be able to, or yeah, like the Hulk, I'd be able to restrain it somehow. But I guess I am like the Hulk where you don't know what's going to spark it, man. And yeah. It just sets you off, and you, you don't know what to do. Well, both you guys still have a lot of testosterone flowing through those veins, man. You, look <laughs> at me. I'm Mr. Mellow now. Well, no, but you you have the biggest <laughs> remember the, the South 401 uh, story from, what was that, yesterday oh, yeah. year, last year, where you basically were almost in a fist fight in a parking lot? I mean, yeah, you can't yeah. forget that. Well, I was going to bring it up because we, we've told the story already, but, yeah, that was, that was a famous one, man. I just, short story at a restaurant with my 90 year old dad and we come out of the restaurant i get him in the car you know handicap thing and i just barely ding the car next to me and i thought shoot you know and i look over there and the guy's flipping me off and then he's calling me an a-hole and then it just he, he was relentless and i was gonna let it go but then i just couldn't and i just went off on him and, and i agree with you jared when you have those episodes where that testosterone does get flowing, yeah. you do feel pretty good. I mean, that was a pretty interesting car ride home with my dad. He said, <laughs> he goes, I guess you told him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a bonding yeah. moment between dad and son. What can I tell yeah. you? And speaking of bonding moments, guys, you know, I was yeah. in uh, D.C. last week. I recorded out there and uh, it was pre uh, granddaughter number four. But we welcomed Bailey Joe Herman to the world March 1st. Uh, 150 a.m., six pounds, three ounces, 20 inches. And, you know, grandfather's 
obviously our prejudice, but she's a, she's a beauty and she's yeah. a mellow baby compared to her older sister Harper when she came out. So it's, it's been really good. It was a nice visit. My wife was out there for a little over two weeks and I was out there for a week and, you know, we helped them get settled in and uh, it, it was great. It's just an awesome yeah. experience, you know, and can't wait to see little Bailey again. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And yeah, good to hear that everything went smooth and, yep. you know, everyone's doing well. And um, it, it just reminds me, it, it's crazy how fast that goes. I mean, Ted, you definitely remember. Oh, yeah. Like my daughter's seven son is already over one, you yeah. know, like those those newborn, the very fresh newborn <laughs> stages, they go by so fast. I mean, when you're in it, it feels like sometimes this is going to last forever. But Next thing you know, they're one, two, seven, eight, twenty yeah. years old, and yeah, and that goes crazy. it goes by fast because you know when they're newborns, basically all they do is sleep, pee, poop, eat. And that's it. Yep. That's all they do. You know, <laughs> yep. for I don't know what is it, three months, four months before they actually start yeah. smiling and laughing and stuff like that, where you get a little reaction out of them. Yep. But, uh, it, yeah, you feel like say, a changed man. What's that? You feel like a changed man? Oh no, no, not really. You've been through yeah. the granddad thing before. I, I'm a seasoned man. I, and what we did on our drive home, you know, we decided to stop to see the other two granddaughters in Royal Oak, just surprise them. You know, here's my wife saying, well, we better call them. You know, like we you know, we don't like getting dropped in. I said, no, we're just going to pop in, you know. So we showed up on the front porch. I knocked on the window and uh, it was no problem visiting them. But the girls were just uh, going crazy. They they, <laughs> they were happy to see grandma and grandpa with a little surprise visit. It was fun. I was going to say those surprise visits, it, it could go one of two ways. Either, exactly. either you're going to catch it in a, a bad moment or you're going to just cause a whole yeah. crazy moment going on or whatever. Mm. But no, that that's fun. The grandparent thing is so fun. It is cool. It is. You know, seeing seeing your parents as grandparents, I'm sure your your kids, you know, enjoy seeing you as a grandpa, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's kind of fun to see. And Absolutely. I'll Jared, tell you I'm what, sure your, your mom and dad are probably waiting for that. Right, Jared. <laughs> it's going to be a while. I think man. Uh, <laughs> there, there's nothing coming anytime soon. I don't think at least, at least I'm, I know for sure on my end, that's the case. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, before we wrap up this part, guys, I just wanted to mention, we haven't really officially talked about it, but uh, you know, I have, you, you know, I'm semi-retired from my full-time job and I'm, kind of looking the same way in the broadcasting business and radio. I'm going to step back from the every single Friday commitment throughout the school year. I'm going to pick and choose my games. I'm going to probably, well, I'm going to still be sports director at Z92.5. I'll be in charge of working the, the crews, making sure that they're lined up to go to the games. And I'm going to pick and choose periodically a game here and there. I'm going to continue doing the Owasso Corona game. I'll be a third mic on that. And uh, as long as Corona keeps playing Owasso in football, I'll probably always be a part of that as long as I'm around. Uh, but the day-to-day -day stuff, you know, we're going to call it a career. And uh, it, it's been a lot of fun. I think uh, there's going to be an article in the Argus Press about it that, that should turn out pretty good. Murphy's going to write it, Jerome Murphy. Nice. So he'll Turf do a good Murph. job with it. Yeah, absolutely. So. so that's cool. So I know you've been, you know, contemplating this yeah. for a while. So it, it's nice to... I guess ease out of it because I know you still love doing it. You still oh, love, love being it. a part of the game, being at the in the gyms on the football yep. field. So yeah, it's nice that you can still like yeah, Wasso Karana, maybe a Karana playoff game. You know, some other right. big games like that you can still be yep. involved. But and you know, we got some other things we're thinking about doing. Uh, you know, as a sideline as well. And I probably would continue doing it if if I was working for a big budget radio station where I could just 
show up at the football field, show up at the gym, somebody else lug all the equipment and do right. all that. But that's all part of small, small market radio. And those are the things that just drive you crazy. Cause when you go on a road trip and you have to set up the, you have to stop at the radio station, go to the game after the game, you got to bring the equipment back to the radio station, right. you know, and that adds a lot of extra time and effort, you know, and I'm just tired of that. Yeah, I'm, su- I'm surprised on the football. I I thought I figured you might be like uh, you, George Blaha esque, where you know you'll just you'll ride off in the sunset, do it as as long as you you kind of can. Yeah, I thought about it, Jared, but you know, when, on on Friday nights, especially with the grandkids, you know, we have ones in Detroit. That's an hour and a half drive, and then the, the, the two out in D.C. I mean, if I wanted to just take off on a Thursday. And make a long weekend of it, you know, because they're not retired. I mean, I can go any damn time, but I have to go around their schedules, too. So I just thought, you know, for my family and the enjoyment I get out of it, and while I can continue in good health, I think now's the time. So you, you just figure that stuff out. How many years? Did you tally up how many games? How many years? Uh Jerome asked me that. I think probably pretty close to 1,500 games and another close to a thousand sports forums, you know, and other remote stuff. So a lot of airtime. Yeah. <laughs> and I will wow. continue to do this as long as you guys will have me here. Well, yeah, we want to keep you on the podcast because we have to keep the the older generation when we talk about things like MLB rule changes and when we oh, want yeah. to talk about Pistol Pete Maravich and his scoring record, we need your point of view, right? So. Absolutely. Well, we'll maybe your dad can fill in for me, but we'll we'll <laughs> talk about a few of those things here coming up a little later in the program but uh you got anything especially you want to catch up on at all matt before we move on to the prep spotlight not necessarily catch up i mean we're just super busy at work right now i mean just jared i'm sure you are too but with march madness and everything it's been crazy i'm actually i'm going to greensboro uh thursday for the acc men's basketball tournament nice so they i had the opportunity to go up there and and work it up there so it worked out with my wife's schedule and everything. Yeah. So that, that'll be a cool experience to go up to Greensboro and be at the I, site for the tournament. Yeah. I actually get to see a team that could probably win a national championship on like the big 10. So yeah, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. Even though UNC is a little down. So people around yeah. here are, are pretty upset about that, but right. yeah, that'll be fun. Otherwise just cranking away March madness, man. Absolutely. Who's the talent working that tournament? Oh, uh, there's a lot, but the main, I mean, Jay Billis will be there. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm not sure who's doing play-by-play. I know um, Dan Shulman has He's been, good. so I'm, I'm sure it's Dan Shulman and Jay Billis are the main nice. ones. Yeah. Well, it should be a lot of fun, man. Looking yeah. forward to it. Definitely March Madness is here, and it's going to be a blast. Uh, speaking of March Madness, in high school, they have a little of that going on, too, and we'll talk a little bit about that in our prep spotlight right after this. Capital Sports Field House is the home of hit and pitch and a whole lot more. The 10,000 square foot turf field can be used for all indoor sports training, including football, baseball, basketball, softball, soccer, and many other activities. Hit and Pitch has seven indoor batting cages with full pitching tunnel and the state of the art hit tracks training system utilized by MLB organizations. Located in the old Capital Bowl JCPenney block on South Washington in Owasso, Michigan. For more details, call Capital Sports and Hit and Pitch at 989-472-4624 or online at capitalsportsfh.com. Yeah, I mean, I got one last question, Ted, you know, before we get into our actual prep spotlight here. What 
was it the MLB, you know, making these, you know, rule changes? Was it kind of at that point where you realized the game is kind of passing you by and you had to hang up the <laughs> hang up the cleats and hang up the microphone? Or what was the oh, what was man. the breaking point, man? Uh, just a dagger to my heart. You just, you know, there used to be a time, you know, we're talking about anger and, and anger issues <laughs> out there. There used to be a time when uh, you respected your elders, you know, you <laughs> didn't just dog on them completely, but that's okay. Yeah, I can yeah. take it. I can take it. You had it. a great career, right? I, I yeah, yeah, no, you had a great career. I was just, I was wondering what, <laughs> what the breaking point was. And it's just funny that it aligned right with this major rule change that really broke your brain last week. So that may have been something to do with it, Jared. Maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe it's a not, but I, I am going to talk. I'm going to talk about that a little bit too. It was um, that fourth grand. It was that fourth grandkid coming. Yeah. And you have been taking a few games off. I know Joe and Casey Two have been row. calling some games and you're probably, are you feeling like, yeah, this is actually kind of nice. <laughs> it was, it really kind of was. I mean, you know, I'm going to still, there's no question I'm going to miss the big games, you know, like uh, overtime games and buzzer beater shots in basketball and classic football games. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, after 38 years, you know, I, I think I've done my time. That's the way, yeah. I, the way you, I look at it. Are you hoping to ride this Lanesburg team one last time, like out in the sunset to the Breslin Center? Or what's the what's the uh, thought heading into well, your last Yeah, 100%. Now that, you know, who knows what's going to happen if they end up facing Ovid Elsie in the district championship game. I mean, you got to give a lot of credit to Ovid Elsie. Yes, we'll just slide right into the prep spotlight brought yeah. to you by Capital Sports Fieldhouse. You know, we are our our week this week is in the new Lothrop gym and uh, Langsburg number one seed, Ovid Elsie number two seed. And if Langsburg does get by uh, Ovid Elsie in the championship game, let's just say if, if that is what it ends up being, hell yes, we'll ride the Langsburg bandwagon 100%. It'd be awesome to finish this thing out at the Breslin Center, either in the semis or the finals. <laughs> that'd be that'd be completely fitting. Come on, Dan, get that team cranking. Yeah, exactly. I know our, our friend Goose Poop, who we had on the podcast, who does all the, the projections and the right. um, predictions for all the games. He, his models, his his um, computer models have them picked to be in the final four. So if Goose Poop's projections play out, you will be at the Breslin um, calling a Lanesburg they, game. So they that, have that Lanesburg Ovid Elsie game, though, if if it plays out that they play each other, that, that'll be a good one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Ovid Elsie's always so, you know, well coached, as we know, they're going to play hard. They're not going to be scared of Lanesburg. That's nope. for sure. They 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 played them before. You give Lats a game film, probably learn a few things. Uh, he's they're gonna be well prepared. It's gonna be a tough game if they get through that. Whoever does, uh, you know, obviously Lanesburg's probably the favorite in that game. They have a great route to the Breslin Center. I mean, like you said, Matt Goose Poop's projection. I mean, they they go north. They don't face Beecher. They don't fo- face Detroit Loyola. They don't face Traverse City St. Francis. I mean, wow. this is the year. If there yeah. is a year to have a team from Shiawassee County, this is the team, and this is the year. I mean. We actually got the chance to go and talk to Lanesburg on Sunday uh, before they headed to New Lothrop for their district practice, uh, and I was really impressed with them. I mean, my, the, my biggest takeaway from talking to them was one: Eli Woodruff, a very impressive young man. He's got, you know, mm-hmm. he's got some swag to him, and he's confident. Yeah, he speaks very well on camera. Um, but they're confident every time. You know, you asked them, you know, did you you expect to make a run to the Breslin? You know, is this what you guys expected? Undefeated regular season. They were all said, yeah, this is what we expected. Uh, and a lot of times, you can kind of see through that. They were genuine, man. And that makes me feel good about a team like Lanesburg because when they do play those big games, quarterfinals against the big dogs, you know, over at LC on Friday night, they're not going to be stage fright. Ted, mm-hmm. you've seen it so many times in those games with teams from our county over the years. Where time and time again. Come, 
and they end up losing by 40 and it just right. looks like they're terrified like they didn't even want to step off the bus i don't yeah. expect that from them uh yeah. and i mean class c is going to be a blast traverse city st francis like i mentioned almost beat cast tech who uh was the number one team for almost the entire season uh you got detroit loola who's the eighth best team in the state according to goose pope and then you have flint beecher coached by marquise gray i mean it's probably going to be the most fun division of all of them yeah. hopefully ted you got a front row seat at it Hope so. I'll tell you what, I'm looking forward to it. Just, I, I just thought crossed my mind. You know, you talk about some of these matchups and teams sometimes get scared, but I remember last year when uh, Freeland, you know, took on Flynn Hamity and, you know, Hamity plays that, that style and uh, the Freeland kids, they weren't intimidated at all. And they, they took it to them. That was a big win. Yeah, exactly. That's, and that's, that's the same vibe I got from, from Lanesburg. I mean, we'll see, you know, you never know until you're, you're faced with that situation, but from what I saw, just talking to them, that was uh, that was my biggest takeaway is these guys, they are confident. And that's a big mm-hmm. deal in high school sports and any sports, really. When's this feature going to run? During the, the it, playoffs, the finals? I, or Yeah, ideally it's it's during, you know, maybe if they make it to the championship game, ideally it'd be during their game, but uh, mm-hmm. TBD. That's awesome. That's pretty cool that you guys get out there this far in advance and, and pre-plot these kind of stories. I mean, you, 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 you take some swings. I mean, you never know what you mean. You take a look at the bracket. looks like Lanesburg's, you know, probably the favorite to make it there. You just got to kind of take your chance. I mean, even a team like a cast tech, who's number one, I mean, they play MLK uh, tomorrow night and it's, that's a, that's a 50, 50 game. So there's just no real way, unless it's like a Williamson, which we did a story on last year where you just know they're going to make it there because they have three division one players. It's, it's very tough to do. Question for you inside baseball, as we like to call it. I mean, is this a story you pitched? Uh, yeah, because I mean, I was I was familiar with the story, obviously. So, yeah, yeah I mean, Great. hopefully they make me look smart. <laughs> I mean, they very good chance as as you've laid out. They have a very good chance. You still got to play the games, though. And yep. like we said, Ovid Elsie's not going to lay down again if if it plays out that they play in the district championship. That yeah, Lats is probably taking one. this audio right now and uh, saying, "Listen yeah. to this, guys." Yep. <laughs> right? Yeah, They're giving them bulletin board material, but. <laughs> Those are two very good teams, and I know yeah. we haven't talked much about Corona because I know they've got a tough, tough district, but yeah. kind of the same thing that you're talking about. I mean, I know what Hamity is in their their district, and obviously yeah. they're probably the favorite. Yeah, you know, you don't play scared, and right. if you play your best game, and maybe Hamity misses some shots, you know, gets in foul trouble or something, you know, you'll have a chance. So that, that it's going to be interesting to see Corona yeah. style against Hamity if they get there. You know, they got to get by Chesanine first. Right. Yep. And that's no that's no gimme. Chesanine's pretty good. I know, uh, Jared, you sent me a few uh, statistics, but I watched them play a couple times. They're not bad. And uh, if if Corona can get to that championship game against Hamity in that small gym, who knows? I mean, it could go one of two ways. I just worry. I mean, we yeah. saw it. Like, I mean, Ted, you remembered the Freeland versus Flint Hamity game last year where mm-hmm. Freeland kind of took the air out of the ball. They shot the lights out. They did. Hamity started pressing in the second half, and it was a, a totally different game. They yep. nearly mounted a, like, insurmountable comeback of, like, 25 points they did. to win that game. So I won, I worry about speeding them up, mm-hmm. which Corona loves to do. I really, really worry about it. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I mean, who knows? Anything can happen, like you said. But well, it's a fun, fun time of year for sure. And we've got uh, a couple of district uh, semifinals coming up Wednesday night. We're recording this Tuesday, and of course, we got that championship game, district championship game Friday night from the new Lothrop gym. You know, also in uh, tournament action and girls basketball, district finals took place uh, last Friday. Owasso picked up a district championship, thirty-four twenty-nine. That ended a twenty-two year drought 
for the Trojans in district championship action. Freshman Danica Dwyer had 11 to lead Owasso in that one. That's that's good to see, you know, after a couple of decades to finally pick up a district. And they have a fun team, and they've got a lot of returners coming back, too. So they got a nice little program there at Owasso for the ladies. Also, speaking of the ladies, New Lothrop down Millington, 43-41. The Hornets won on Marissa Rombach's buzzer beater. So that was exciting. I saw that film on Twitter. That, that was pretty cool. And Ovid Elsie, uh, they beat Pawamo Westphalia 42-36. Ava Bates 21. OE won just tonight in their uh, regional opener I saw uh, against Grass Lake. So congratulations to them. Uh, I saw Sam Ali, our, our former guest on the show, had retweeted the, the, the uh, bus ride out of town, you know, with the fire, the fire engines yeah. leading them through Ovid. Uh, sparse crowd on the streets, but still a great yeah. thrill for the girls. That's always a cool thing for small towns. I mean, I, I don't know, maybe maybe other towns do it too, but the small town thing where you get the police yeah. escort in and I remember yeah. we we finished a eight and one regular season in football, just like kind of a pointless win against Chessening. And for whatever reason, we had like a fire truck escort in through <laughs> town. And I remember like everybody's like, What the why, why the hell are we doing this? Like you felt silly uh doing it. So at least they actually have something to celebrate, unlike us. So yeah. yeah. Did, did you ever have anything like that, Matt, in that semifinal run to the Breslin? Well, we had it in football, too, after we okay, went 9-0. Right. and So our 9-0 our and made a little more sense than, than Jared's 8-1. and But, yeah, we were on our way back from Fowlerville, and we caught wind that there was right. going to be a police escort when we were coming down State Road. You know, we, we, we saw it happening. So that was pretty cool. There, I mean, downtown Corona, there was it was packed. I mean, That's awesome. seems like, you know, Maybe my memory is a little blurry, but there were a few hundred people there, you know, cheering us on when we were coming in. And then, yeah, that basketball, we, I feel like we had it a few times after the regional championship on the way to the Breslin. I think we had two or three police escorts during that season. So well, you know, definitely cool memories. In that semifinal, you know, I, I, uh, Jared, your brother Johnny asked me to do a fake play-by-play of them against Saginaw. And I did that for Matt's team. I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember that, Matt, but it oh, yeah. uh, it was played at the pep assembly. So I put one together for Freeland in their game against Saginaw Wednesday night. That's harder than you would think. I mean, that's <laughs> a lot harder than doing a, an actual game, man. I, I think I did about eight to ten takes trying to get it right. You know, it's still still listening to it. I thought, eh, it's okay. And, but the crowd noise that Matt put on it, made it sound tolerable. I was gonna say I didn't get to hear this man I mean we don't have, we don't have to pump this into the into the podcast I, I don't know that's kind of classic <laughs> it, it is you can you tell Matt's team. Huh? that was great I do remember the one you did for Matt's team that was that was classic man yeah, yeah. this wasn't quite as classic I don't think <laughs> it, it was good but you could tell I mean trying to fake the energy you know, know. it's kind of tough to do and it is you know you probably wrote up like the scenario a Just little layup. bullet points is what I did, yeah. A missed layup and then a kick out for three for the win. <laughs> okay, here we go. If you're just tuning in, it's the district semifinal, Freeland against Saginaw. The Trojans, Elijah Parker's three, put them up by one, 72-71. It's been a classic meeting of the minds between Saginaw coach Julian Taylor and Freeland's young boss, John Fattel. Nine seconds left, and the Falcons will have the ball down one. Coach Fattel has called his final timeout to set up this last play. Junior Ben Berringer has just checked in the lineup for senior Nate Niederquill. 
He's played a really good game tonight, as has Braden Kelly. Lowry, Sherman, Holiday, Stevenson, and Dequan Lowe, Patman out of the huddle for Saginaw to set up their man-to-man pressure. Freeland inbounding the ball at midcourt in front of the scorer's table. Here we go. Crowd on their feet, both sides. It is loud in here. Senior Jacob Kowalski gets the ball from the ref. Fakes a pass right, hits freshman Wilson Huckabee in the backcourt. Quickly across the timeline, the Trojans come up to double-team. Huck finds Tristan Comer in the right wing, goes down low to Berenger, who fires up a corner three. Two seconds left, no good, rebound, Danny Dooley on the backside, the putback, off the window, good at the horn, the Falcons win, the Falcons win, on to the district championship. No, that, that Pep Assembly, not, not to get too much into this, that, that was a really cool thing, too. Right. It was the whole second half of school. It was like a two-hour Pep Assembly that right. they opened up to the whole community. And that whole gym was full. We had the fake play-by-play. We had, like, introductions. Like, it was a, a WWE, you know, R- Royal Rumble or something like that. We all got introduced. And, man, it made a bunch of high schoolers feel like we were NBA superstars. I'll tell you what. It was cool. Yeah, yeah, they had the lights, the lights turned off with a spotlight yep. while you went out for introductions. That yeah. that was pretty Smoke cool. Machine, and I mean, it was, you know, pretty cool. The good old days, glory days. One final thing, guys. Uh, this is right up your alley. Corona now has an esports team. Think about okay. that. It's, I think it's really cool. You know, you, you wouldn't think an old guy like me would think so, but I think it's really neat. You know, they have like twenty-four cubicles. You know, they don't have twenty-four players yet i don't think but they're in a league and they play video games against other schools it's it's they have it set up where it has to be team team oriented you know yep it's it's very neat i think it's it's a great addition you know because a lot of these kids you really want them into extracurriculars and not everybody's made out to be in the band or in athletics so this just is a just another thing that i think is going to just grow to gigantic proportions Kids play video games, and so you might as well make it like a camaraderie team, social type thing as well. I think it's awesome too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If if one of the complaints about kids playing video games is they're stuck in their mom's basement, or you know they're they're stuck at home all the time, okay, bring them out and let's make it a competition. Let's make it a team thing. You know. Yeah. And I mean, there's Jared. You probably know Ted. Maybe you too. Like, there's competitions on ESPN, and there's oh, yeah. there's people that make millions of dollars now. I mean, I think you can even get like college scholarships doing it and stuff. So it's a legitimate thing now. Yeah. Craig Luff, the band director, is the uh, the head of the team, the coach of the team, I guess you would call him. And uh, yes. it, it's just a neat thing, just another th- nice thing at our alma mater. So you're going to be hearing more about that. And then, and the, the beautiful thing about it, yeah, you, have, you got your upfront investment of the computer terminals and the cubicles, no travel cost. You know, yeah. you play it all online. Yep. To be honest, that I think we need up weekly upscore updates of this esports team, man. I, I think we need that more that more than any other updates you bring. You're asking a lot from this old guy, I'll tell you that much. I was <laughs> he just told you it. he was retiring. Yeah, <laughs> right. I was gonna tell you too. You guys both had police escorts. I only had a police escort out of uh Higgins Lake area one time for having a fire in the woods. They, they escorted me right out of there. That's another story for another time. Yeah. All right. Like... <laughs> That's our prep spotlight brought to you by Capital Sports Fieldhouse. We'll get into the meat and potatoes of everything going on in the sports world right after this. AZ Printing Solutions, formerly Hankered Sportswear, is a full-service print shop that specializes in screen printing, digital printing, and embroidery. They pride themselves on giving a great product at a great value. 
The area's go-to printing solution offers a 100% guarantee to exceed your expectations. AZ Printing Solutions has your favorite local spirit wear as well as many other apparel items in stock. Specialty items are available for family, sports, business, and charity events. Call 989-725-2979 or step into the store in downtown Owasso. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. All right, guys, I, would, I just want to start this off real quick. I know last week we had quite a debate about baseball, and I think part of that for me was prisoner of the moment. Jared set me up. He knew he was going to get me lit up on that topic. And now that I've had time to sit back, kind of calmly watch what's going on, I'm not so much against the uh, pitch clock now. Not yeah. not just 100% like I was last week. I will say this, though. Matt, I know we've talked about it before. They got tweaks they have to make. Can you imagine if Max Scherzer is in a World Series game and all of a sudden he throws a double play ball that ends the World Series and the umpire says, no, too much time. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen if that kind of scenario. I mean, that's there's going to be concern. an uproar, but it's going to be one of those things where if, if that's the rule, that's the rule. You know, yeah. you're going to have to live with it. So I, that's what I mean. I think I said it last week. I'm sure there will be tweaks. Yeah, maybe you know there there will be some bumps. I'll make okay. We got to alter it a little bit, but um, I I, th- I think I tweeted it out last week. There was a spring training game. It was the Red Sox and Cardinals, I believe. I know for sure it was the Red Sox. They played a fifteen to three game. Mm-hmm. Seventeen pitchers were used, three hours and one minute. Wow, a, a game that was fifteen to three with seventeen pitchers. All those relief pitchers that you know you were you were talking about, Ted. Yeah, last year. That'd be a four and a half hour game, right? Now, I mean, yeah, it's spring training, but it's spring still training is a little different. But... A little different, but you know, three hours. Yeah, Chris Sale. I saw in a quick little some snippets from him. Chris Sale is making a return, a pitcher for the Red Sox. Um, they interviewed him about the pitch clock, and he said he loves it. Mm-hmm. He said he, you know, he th- he thinks it's going to be an adjustment, of course, but you know, it, it makes it takes out the just the like the slow part of the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, yes, there's going to be adjustments and there's probably going to be some scenarios like that, Ted, where yeah. a game might end on a pitch clock and it's going to be like, this is ridiculous. This is almost kind of stupid, but well, can you imagine that in a, wor- in a world series game though? It, that's my only concern. In it's, the the, other- it's the pitcher's fault. It, it, throw the ball it again. Be, it is it that hard from when the ball hits your mitt? You have 15 seconds, man, to throw yeah. a pitch. Right. Yeah. Again, you're acting like they are asking the world of these guys. Throw the ball. It's the game. Throw the ball. And uh, I, I love how you've had the changed opinion. W- was that because you were such a, you know, you were uh, Plato and you were really thinking it over? Or was it because everyone was coming at you calling you an idiot? Which one was it? Not. Nah, you think I care about that? It's not that. I can guarantee nope. it. I mean, seriously. <laughs> I have been watching a little bit. Now, I do think they need to make some adjustments on the time. And the biggest problem I see is 
you know, like in the NFL football, when the sh- when the clock goes down to zero, they say, well, there could be still a second or so. They need to have, this needs to be just like in basketball on the backboards when the, when it goes oh, red, you know, yeah. and that's it. That's, yeah. that's when you got to make the call. You can't have any judgment on wall. It hit zero, but you still got about a second. No way. <laughs> right. Because then it comes across like there, what, there was a Lions game this year where they had a, a player that a, a delay a game should have been called, but it was that like yeah. gray period where, you know, the ref can throw the flag or give them an extra second. Right. So yeah, it, it's going to have to come down to that. Otherwise it, it's again, it's too much power for these umps Yeah. <laughs> that I just, you know, it, it's a judgment call. If it's going to be a rule, then yes, it needs to be a rule just like the shot clock in mm-hmm. basketball or, you know, the game clock in basketball. But if you, if you tell me that now, a Red Sox Yankees game, you know, Tigers too, a Tigers Yankees game, Tigers Red Sox game is going to start averaging three hours. I'm going to be more likely to sit down and watch it or at least have it on in the background, you mm-hmm. know, while I'm doing some other stuff as opposed to four and a half hours because it's a slug fest or whatever. Like, yeah. no, that's, that's not even fun. And like I said, I'll watch it. I'll, they got to tweak it for sure. But, uh, the other thing I was I was trying to get a handle on is there's like a rule they can only throw it to first base twice or something like that. Is that yeah? Is that a fact? Yeah. Wow, yeah. That's, I mean that'll definitely speed the game up. But man, that I don't know. That's kind of a drastic Dude, rule. If you, I think if you can't pick a guy off in two tries, then <laughs> right. maybe he doesn't have a big enough lead for you to be worried about it, man. Right. Well, that, that, that is, is the number one issue ball. of these. It'll be like a four to one game. You got, you know, Tigers eighth reliever coming in with no pressure at all. And they will sit there and throw it to that first baseman 10 times before they throw a pitch. Yeah. If you strike your batter out, whatever happened to, you know, when you're a youth kid, you're playing baseball and your coach would tell you, just worry about the batter. Guess what? If you get the batter out and you keep getting all these other batters out, you don't have to worry about the base runner. Yeah. I did. I saw a tweet. I saw a tweet from, I think he was a college manager. He might've been a high school coach. I think he was a college baseball manager he was saying something about the the pitch clock and it was this isn't verbatim but something along the lines of this is it's going to make it harder for pitchers to process the throws they're supposed to make and being intentional about their throws and you know stuff like that and it just made me think like kind of like what jared was saying just throw the ball Mm -hmm. like if you don't know what pitch you have to throw that you need 30 seconds in between pitches i think that's a bigger issue like yeah. you have a catcher, you have a catcher that's going to drop signs down. It's also his job to be doing the homework to know what pitches to call against certain batters. If it's a two, one count, if it's a full count, you know, whatever, what pitches to drop down, trust your catcher. A lot of times now the catcher looks over at the, the pitching coach and the pitching coach tells him what pit, what pitch to throw down, stop shaking off 27 pitches and just throw the ball. Like, I just think sometimes with baseball, like there's just so much of the like the purest mm-hmm. part of it, you know, like no no bat flips and it's all these unwritten rules and throw over to first base eight times because you're trying to wear down the base runner. It's like just play the game. Just yeah. just play the game. Well, I do fall on the purest side more than the other side, but it, yeah. it, I, you guys talked me into that. There's got to be changes, and I did see the stat that I think. Uh, the batting averages in baseball was the lowest since 1968. And I, I do remember back to 1968, you know, I had Bob Gibson 
1.12 ERA and Denny yeah. McLean 31 wins. So what did they do? They did change, and I think they lowered the mound, and they had a couple other tweaks in 1969 to bring offense back into baseball. And as uh, as the old commercial is, you know, chicks dig the long ball. So it, a lot of runs is more exciting usually for most common fans than a one nothing pitching gem. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Bring the steroids back. There you go. That's what saved baseball for a while. Well, that's, again, more baseball talk than we usually have. I guess we're excited for the upcoming season. But, you know. Think about that. I know. More baseball talk than ever because they made a great rule change. There we go. Fair enough. Speaking of baseball, starting tonight, I mean, we don't have to get too much into it, but are you guys going to watch the World Baseball Classic? Starts tonight and it goes for eleven you know, the o'clock next or something, weeks. doesn't it? Eleven o'clock tonight. It's a different time zone area. Yeah, because so there's Taiwan. Four, yeah, there's four pools. One's in Taiwan, one's in Japan, okay. and then two in uh, Miami and Phoenix. Oh, cool. So the U.S. the U.S. is playing in Phoenix, and then obviously past the pool stages, you know, the the winners come together and play. But I think it's a cool event. I think it's strange before the season. Yeah, right. Because yeah. guys are. You know, I, I remember Justin Verlander talking about he didn't play because they're so regimented with how they get ready for the regular season. They're not ready in mm-hmm. March 7th to start ramping it up for like a legitimate tournament. So I don't know if it'd be better to have it midseason. You know, I don't know if that's the right way to do it, but I think it's a really cool event because the, the one thing these, especially the teams from other countries they take this very seriously i mean they they want to win the dominican cuban team even the chinese team the japanese team they want to win this thing so it is cool it's just a shame that some of the best players don't play because they don't want to get hurt it's a it's a good idea we baseball is really missing out on having a true like little league world series type yeah uh tournament you can't have it to that extent where they're playing all these games maybe it's just like Maybe each team, if you win it all, you play maybe a total of you know five games or six games. But the best players would need to play. I mean, I can just picture you know the USA going up against you know Shohei Otani's pitching on the mound, and it's just like basically a Luka Doncic type scenario. Where it's like one man trying to take down the USA. I'd right. be here for it. it. It seems like a huge missed opportunity to be on like a Ryder Cup type. They need something better than the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, and and running it like you said before the major league season starts. It. it just seems that wrong timing either mid-season or right after the world series you know yeah i think i mean it it could work if they did it you know it's every uh i'm blinking right now it's every two years right i think every two years two years yeah so the olympics are for Mm -hmm. so if it's every other year every two years do it in the mid-season it it takes place of the all-star game now it's just the world baseball classic and give them two weeks off like you know that could be doable or even but. if it was even every four years and it was a true great like tournament like a world right. cup type thing even if it was in the olympics like right. just if it got the best players that's the most important part whatever yep. you need to do to do that yeah that's that's what i'm for yep amen well let's move it on to a little basketball talk we'll talk about uh, march madness and our big 10 teams but uh, the big story obviously in the Detroit area was Antoine Davis finishing just three points short of the record. And a lot of the talk right now has been, should they be invited to uh, like a the college basketball invite tournament or whatever, you know, I'd like to hear your guys comments on this before I comment. Well, I'm, I'm sure. I, Cause we, we know pistol Pete is your guy yeah. and, and that's, that's the record he's going to break. Um, 
honestly, this is one of those I'm like just so indifferent on. Like, it, it's kind of weird if they get invited to that tournament just so he can break the record. That feels a little dirty almost. If they deserved the invite, then yeah, then go go play, break the record. The whole thing that people are arguing about, like, oh, he's played so many more games than Pistol P or, you know, whatever. It's like, I just, I don't think that's an issue. That's just what records are made to be broken. And if someone takes more games to break a record, that's just how it goes. It's the same with Mickey Mantle breaking Babe Ruth's single season home run record. There should not be an asterisk by it. Major League Baseball changed the, the amount of games for the regular season. Mickey Mantle broke the record. That's just Roger that's, Maris. That's how it, or, yeah, Roger yeah, Maris. Sorry, Roger Maris. Roger Maris broke the record. So that that's just how it is. It's kind of like Pistol Pete, you know, they're saying like he didn't have a three-point line. So really he should have way more points. Well, that wasn't a rule. That wasn't a rule back then. Now there is a three-point line. That's just how it goes. Like if you're going to start making all these, I guess, like asterisks for all these records, where is it going to end? You know what I mean? Like you could take every record and say like, oh, this one didn't have a three-point line. So let's put an asterisk or fouls are called differently now in the nba so let's put an asterisk by some of these records you know like whatever so i I can see both sides of it but if he breaks the record he scored more points than pistol pete is what it is here's where i was at and where i am now when he was originally doing it in you know uh their conference tournament and he had the one night where he was 26 away or 25 away and all eyes were on him and he goes seven for 26 plays not very well youngstown state i loved how they were just like we're not gonna let you get this record and we're gonna beat you in the process uh and just the way that all went down where when the lights were brightest you literally had to just get 25 it was the only the team's only job you shot up 26 shots and you still couldn't get it and then a few days later it comes out oh well there might be another game Mm -hmm. and he's gonna go play in the cbi where u of d has to pay thirty thousand dollars for this I mean, I, I don't put an asterisk on it the, with the five years thing. I mean, P- Pistol Pete, here's a stat. Pistol Pete shot 179 more shots than him over the course, even though he, he, Antoine Davis had two more seasons. So it's kind of crazy when you think about that. I had no problem with him beating it. Records are going to be broke, especially now with COVID. It was awesome that this guy from U of D. I have a problem when this extra game is now potentially going to be granted. And it's right. like a layup. He's going to get it. You had your chance. You had the 38 in the you know the quarterfinal or whatever the game before that. You just had to make one more bucket. And the thing that really like it didn't even irk me because I get why he did it. But they were losing by like 10 at the end of the game, and he like gets an inbound pass. Youngstown State is like double teaming him. He's flying down the lane, down the court and like heaves up a shot as if it's like game seven of the NBA Finals and just clanks it to try and tie the record. It just it, it, it to the point where if he they do this CBI. I will not be a fan of him breaking the record. I'm a big fan of him now. If they do this whole CBI thing and he ends up breaking this record, then I put an asterisk on it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we're in agreement, boys. You know, I am one of the world's biggest Pistol Pete Maravich fans. I mean, he averaged 44 points for his three-year career, 44 points a game before the three-point line. But if Davis would have got it legit, you know, even in the five years, even in the 60 more games – he had, if he had the record, he had the record. Nobody's going to forget about Pete Maravich. You know, right. what, whether it's an asterisk or not an asterisk, he had a phenomenal, phenomenal college basketball career. And really, he's brought back into the spotlight with uh, with Davis's run. But 100% agree, it is dirty, dirty, dirty if he gets the record 
by just being an invite in at 14 and 19 on the season. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Like I said, if, if they deserve, like say they were NIT eligible yeah. and they made the NIT, that's totally different. But right. Like Jared said, to pay to go to this other tournament, just so you can score 10 points and break the record. Like, yeah. When you don't deserve it, when it's literally right. the only reason they're inviting you is so they can get a few extra ratings on, on TV. Right. Uh, it's it right. just, I'm a pistol Pete guy, just like you, Ted, I've read the book pistol. Yeah. Um, one thing that I do, that is important to know about pistol Pete. Yeah. He was a chucker in college and shot it a lot. Oh yeah. But when he went to LSU year before he got there, three and 20 record when he left, you know, 1970 NIT with the NIT back when the NIT was a big deal. Meant something. He yeah. finished fourth, man. So yeah. he was a winner despite, you know, playing maybe selfishly, as you would say. It's he... crazy. The, the stat you brought up, I don't think a lot of people knew or talked about. Yes, 60 more games for Davis, five years. But Pistol Pete shot almost two, took to almost 200 more shots. That's <laughs> just, it's insane. He was especially a gunner. To think, especially to think about the pace of the game nowadays. You know, people are just shooting like crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, he won't be forgotten, that's for sure. And Davis made a nice run at, run at it. And I personally, I don't understand all the hate that was going on behind this, man. It was it was nasty. Again, yeah. back to our original conversation we had here tonight. People are just going nuts, especially on social media, one way or the other. You got the, the Pistol Mar- Pete people and you got the Davis people. I was going to say the Maravich family is, is not happy about this, man. I know. So... <laughs> It almost does it remind you of uh the the Roger Maris home run chase? Like people yeah. did not people did not want him breaking Babe Ruth's record. No, and it almost seems like it was it's similar to that on a much smaller scale, obviously, but that was the original asterisk debate. It really was. I mean, Mantle and Maris were going neck and neck all that season. You know, I think I think Mantle finished with 54. But he got hurt, and I think he missed like the last three weeks of the season or last month, and and Maris kept it going. And, yeah, people – I mean, Roger Maris succumbed to the pressure, man. He was losing his hair because right. there was so much pressure on him. People, you know, beloved Babe Ruth, and uh, it, it was it, – it, you know, I don't really remember it, Matt, because yeah. I was a little bit young. I was like yeah. five years old, but right. I, I remember reading about it after that, and Maris was still playing, you know, and Mantle when I was coming up as my wonder years of baseball, but yeah, very similar situation. So good deal though, for uh, Davis to have a great career and finish number two. It's the same thing. Let's talk about records. The records that the three of us hold with the Corona football program, they're going to be broken at some point, even yours, Ted, someone is going to break yours because the game has changed or they play more games or, you know, whatever. Offenses have changed. Jared, the offense you played in, much different than even when I did. Like, it, mm-hmm. it, it's just how sports goes. You know, guys either play more games, the game changes, records get broken. It's really not that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, let's segue into uh, Michigan right now. Michigan basketball. The last two games they played, very entertaining games until the very end. I mean, they they showed that when they put their starting five out there, five or six guys, they can play big-time basketball, but they just couldn't find a way to close it out in those two games. May cost them, maybe not, we'll see, but a couple disappointing losses in overtime. As I as I've said in previous podcasts, we need a segment, you know, Colin Coward does it, where Colin was right, where Jared was right. I mean, mm-hmm. Juwan Howard. <laughs> What is going on, man? What a season just from hell. And I put it on the coaching. They have talent. 
Hunter Dickinson. I mean, you look at Zach Eady. Is it really like that ginormous of a difference between him and Zach Eady? They can't win 20 games with a seven-foot guy that has a pulse and knows his way around a basketball court. Uh, with Kobe Bufkin, who we know is you know probably a first-rounder, with your own son, Jet Howard. What a just absolute disaster of a season. I mean, 19 and 15 as a now ninth seed in the or, – or excuse me, not 19 and 15, 17 and 14, 19 right. nine seed in the tournament quote-unquote, from uh, Martelli, if you remember when Juwan got hired, quote-unquote, he's got a playbook that would rival any NBA coach. When you're watching these end-of-game situations and the plays they dial up, it's like something you would run on NBA Volume 2 Street. That's what it looks like. (laughs) It's the type of play designs that probably worked in Ted's day when you were, you know, out in the backyard with a stick drawing it up in the dirt, but it it doesn't work nowadays. And, I mean, just he inherited such a stacked deck at Michigan. And I have just seen a steady, slow decline since he's taken over. And really, and I said this before, what really changed my opinion on him was the whole Greg Gard incident. It was just so, such a bad luck, man. It really was such a bad luck for Michigan. Juwan's supposed to be this cool, calm, collected, you know, swaggy type guy. And it doesn't feel that way. I haven't gotten that vibe. It's almost like Jim Harbaugh connects better with this younger generation than he does. It's it's just it was a home run hire at the time. I wanted Jawan. He was a must hire. I just don't think he's the guy. I know a lot of people are going to point to next year, and you know I know we have Purdue. I could look dumb. I still think it's like they somehow slap together a season if they somehow make the tournament. Even if they beat Purdue, it was not a good year. They're not going to do anything in the tournament. And I know we return a lot of guys next year, but we can't ignore what we've seen this entire season. I mean, that loss to Central Michigan is probably the worst in program history. It just what the f was that? Yeah. Yeah. They they have a few of those losses this year and that's probably mostly what's going to keep them out of the tournament. Those, these last two games were big, but Indiana, you know, and Illinois are two pretty good teams. So, you know, to take them to overtime, it shows you can play kind of like what you said, Jared or Ted, I'm, I'm not out on Juwan, but I mean, I think one thing to remember and it's, it, it it's not an excuse. He's still kind of learning on the job as a head coach. I've said it before a few times. I think he's got to figure out the right guys to get on his roster. You know, and I, th- I think a lot of college coaches have had to do that. The game has changed. Yeah, Hunter Dickinson is good. Zach Eady is good. But you don't see very many teams just dominating with like a 7-4 guy. You need a Kobe Bufkin. You need some really good wing players. Cassius Winston. You know, you need really good guard play in college basketball. And then, yeah, if you have a good center, that helps. But you can't just like dump it down and dominate with a center in today's college basketball. So I feel like he's got to figure out the right guys to get it. Also, they had a lot of turnover. I mean, they had I think nine of their 14 players were incoming players, either transfers or freshmen on this year's team. So that's that's a lot of new faces on this team. We've talked about it. Jet Howard's going to be an NBA player. He his effort just seems to lack sometimes on defense, you know, and, you know, he can obviously score and shoot really well, but it seems like they were trying for so long to find the right guys to play together, you know, the late right lineups. And they're still trying to figure out, you know, they just finally figured out playing Dickinson and Reed, you know, the two big guys that seems to work pretty well. So I just, I think he's learning on the job. I think it, you know, it's, it kind of stinks because, you know, a lot of guys, kind of cut their teeth at smaller programs and then they kind of move up, you know, when, when they're ready for the big time job, you know, they've been coaching for a while. Juwan got his first head coaching job 
at Michigan taking over for Beeline. Like that, mm-hmm. that's some pretty big shoes to fill. And it, that's what I mean. It's not making an excuse. He took the job. So, I mean, it, you know, that's why he had a guy like Martelli on his staff to maybe help. But I'm, I'm giving him a couple more years. I'm not saying like, ah, it's nothing, you know, who cares? Because there has been a decline, but I'm, I'm not saying like the dude can't coach. Yeah, you got to give him next year. I mean, then then we'll see. But, uh, you know, there has been definitely some interesting end-of-game situations on yeah. coming out of timeouts. There's no question about that. Maybe he'll learn more. I mean, you would think Martelli would have some input in that, you know, and right. the assistant coaches. Uh, but that game against Indiana in overtime, they had the chance, you know, what was Buffkin thinking at yeah. the end of the game? I mean, you got to fire that ball up. Yeah. What the hell? I mean, it's still a prayer to win, but. That just def- that was just a deflating loss at that second, wasn't it? Yeah. What are you doing? Because I mean, he even there was a couple. He could have got it almost up to the three point line, and absolutely, kind of, and pulled up for a long three. I, I think he just lost choked. his mind. He, he just crumbled, you know. Yeah. So I've I've seen some people break it down, and you know who knows, but it seems like the players are kind of freelancing away from the plays that they're drawing up. Mm. You know, they inbound the ball. The next thing you know, Jets just playing one on one, and th- then the shot clock's running down, and he's just got to fire it up. Is that coaching? You know, is that practice? You know, what they're doing in practice isn't translating to the game. I don't know, mm. but it wouldn't shock me. And I would love to be a fly on the wall in these practices. Maybe it's not. It could be totally opposite. But it, yeah. just judging from Jets' effort, and like you said, some of this like ISO ball type stuff. I wonder if he's coached on a little bit of a different level than the rest of the team where he's like kind of the golden boy by Juwan. I I don't know. That's totally, there's no factor that whatsoever, but when you, I wouldn't think the only reason I would, the only reason I would say I wouldn't think so is because I think Juwan knows he's trying to get to the NBA and Juwan knows what it takes to get to the NBA. I sure would hope he's not coaching jet differently, you know, because I would hope he's trying to prepare him for the NBA but you know, you never know. Well, you know, guys, you got to have a go-to guy, right? And mm-hmm. maybe I'm wrong on this. I tweeted it, but at the end of that Indiana game in overtime, he was nowhere near getting the ball and and yeah. trying to make something happen. Don't you want your go-to guy? Get him the ball, let him score. You know, you yeah. got Dickinson and him. I mean, he he just didn't seem to want to come to the ball. I don't know if that was the offense they were running or what, but yeah. that was disappointing to me. Yeah, yeah, it was, and, and kind of, kind of the com- complete opposite. Michigan State has kind of finished, yeah, trending up a little bit. So, I'll be curious to see Michigan. They get Rutgers, and then they would play Purdue, like Jared was talking about. So, right. Michigan basically needs both of those games to get into the, to the tournament. Yep. Michigan State is already in because of their their non conference play, but you know they they still need they they can improve their seeding in the tournament with a couple wins in the Big Ten tournament. So. I'll be curious to see what they do because we've seen some Tom Izzo teams, yeah. you know, not make it out of the first weekend. And then, you know, some make a Cinderella run a little bit. So I, I don't know where this team falls for Michigan state. They've got some good players. Walker is playing well. They've got a veteran like Howard and, you know, Malik Hall and some of these other guys, but we've also seen them play really bad basketball. So I, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. either way. I wouldn't be surprised if they lose the first game or if they make it to the sweet 16. Yeah, it, I would say Sweet 16 would be one hell of a season for this group. Sure I, I don't know. I mean, they just they they seem to have a little bit of a Jekyll and Hyde type run uh, this entire year. 
Um, it seems like in the clutch, they've kind of blown games. I mean, we saw it versus Iowa. Iowa. I don't trust them. I don't trust anyone in the Big Ten. I never do on my bracket. Yep. That's why usually I do fairly well. I never fall for these teams. Never, ever, ever. Even the like the teams like Purdue with Ivy and Edie never will fall for them, man. They never show up in the tournament. So I, we'll see. I mean, Michigan is the one team that always broke that rule, uh, but they're probably not even going to be in it this year. So <sighs> depressing. Well, we'll <laughs> see. We'll still watch the games. I still have that Thursday and Friday, man. I'm locked in noon till after midnight. It's going to be a blast yep. for sure. Yep. Uh, before well, we get, go ahead. Yeah, I, I'll, I can take us into the next segment here. Before we get to Saturday, this will be quick. I just want to pitch something to you guys. It's Lions related. It's draft related. You tell me what you guys think. Anthony Richardson, he's been the talk of the town at the combine. Everybody's talking about how he's been great in interviews. Most impressive QB at the combine. Coaches have been loving him in these interviews. He had a 40, uh, 40.5 inch vertical, 443, 40 yard dash, 245 pounds. I mean, we've seen him do the acrobatic flips uh, running off the field at the end of games, celebrating. Uh, you guys remember me boasting about this guy when he burst on the scene against Utah. Maybe the best game I've ever seen a college football player play. I want him. I want him for the Lions. I, I really do. I love what I'm hearing about him. The fact that they are signing off on his character and how he really wants to learn and all that stuff. I can live with with betting on a guy like that and being wrong. The tools... We can give him a year behind Goff. I know he had a six and six record at Florida. The SEC is the SEC. Florida sucks. He's a he's a developing quarterback. He's like Josh Allen. He's not going to come into college and light it up. You pair him with Ben Johnson. Like I said, a year to learn behind Jared Goff. I really, really think this is the type of move you make if you want to win a Super Bowl. Not if you want to win a playoff game. If you want to win a Super Bowl, this is the type of guy you have to go out and get. And I've seen it in mock drafts where some are saying he's going to go one. Some are saying he's going to go 10th. Some are saying he's going to go sixth to the Lions. I'm okay. And I know people will go nuts if it happens. I'm okay if the Lions decide we're drafting this guy. And we're going to draft and stash him. And we're going to hope for a year from now, just like Patrick Mahomes, he's going to lead us to the glory land. I'm in on him. I want him. Yeah, I couldn't disagree more. <laughs> I mean, the big thing, I wouldn't be against drafting him if it was like the third, fourth, fifth round. But right, he's going to probably go in the first round. And I just think the Lions are in a position where if they use those first two draft picks, they can really build something. They can be a playoff team this year. I don't know if in the first round, if they're at the point where they can draft a backup quarterback that's going to sit for a couple of years. Now, yeah, in the third, fourth round, sure, definitely pick someone up who can sit behind golf. But the thing with Richardson, he's blowing everyone away with his athletic stuff, the 40, the vertical, the shuttle. What does that matter when you're playing quarterback in the NFL? You know what matters? Completing the ball. And he's basically a 50% completion percentage quarterback. And at the combine, he was like everyone's raving about his combine about the 40 and the vertical. They're not talking about when he was throwing and he couldn't hit a simple out route. The the video of him throwing out routes, Jared, looked like worse than what you were probably throwing at Nick and East Field. <laughs> you know, and I'm not taking a shot yeah, at you. Right. I'm just saying like, it, like you said, the character stuff is big. You know, I, you you love to hear that because he wants to learn. He wants to develop, He especially with an offensive coordinator like Ben Johnson. Yeah, I, I bet if he really took it on, 
put the work in, you know, maybe he could develop into a quarterback. I just don't think in the first round, because if, if they spend, I mean, look at Jeff Okuda, what they did when they drafted Okuda, hoping that he was going to be the next Deion Sanders that has not worked out. And I don't think the Lions are in position to do that. Like I said, fourth, fifth, third round, even sure draft him. Let's see what happens. First round, two picks in the first round, man, you, you can turn this into a playoff team right now. Yeah, I tend to lean with Matt. Uh, if it was a little bit later in the draft, maybe. Uh, but if I was going to pick a first-round quarterback, I'd, I'd like every team out there to keep saying how short Bryce Young is. Because if Bryce Young was available, yeah. that's my pick. You know, I don't yeah. think he will be. But if I was going to go for a quarterback in the first round and I'm the Detroit Lions, he's the only guy I'd go for. I wouldn't go for Richardson. I, I'm telling you guys, I, I don't know if it was a vision in my sleep. I, I don't know where <laughs> this came to me. It's really, he's all I can think about. He's all I can think about in this combine. And I can't wait to see where he's going to go with the draft. I mean, you see it with a guy like Hertz. Everybody talks about this guy's throwing ability. Are we losing the fact that this guy is like a all-time super athlete? Run him 20 times a game. Throw it 20 times a game. Just like what the Eagles do. You know, maybe not to as much throwing as Eagles do. And just let him learn. And take your chances. Again, I like Goff. He had a career year. I don't think you win a Super Bowl with Goff. He played the best you possibly could last year, and it was good for nine wins. Yeah, but they I still had other holes. I mean, I that defense that, was still a sieve. I mean, yeah. the Rams, you saw, we saw what happened with the Rams. You flopped Stafford, who was, uh, you know, middle tier quarterback, and they won a Super Bowl right as soon as he left with yeah. no, like, one year, one and done. I just, I really like him, and I really think. We're going to look just like how teams look back on Hurts. Like, oh, how is so obvious? How do we all miss on this guy? Right. People aren't going to miss on him. And the team that is the one that decides to pull the trigger, they're not going to regret it. I, I really think he's he's something. All well, right. I, I think a big difference with Hurts, he was a winner at Alabama. He won the Heisman Trophy at Oklahoma and won a ton of games at Oklahoma. Anthony Richardson hasn't done anything at Florida. So the whole right. like, you know, ah, man, we should have known about Hurts. Yeah. Because he was winning at Alabama. He won the Heisman at Oklahoma. He played under Lincoln Riley and Nick Saban. So, yeah, that should have been a no-brainer. Right now, what do you have with Anthony Richardson? Hey, he's fast. He can jump. Here's, here's where I'm at with Richardson. And I'm not saying it's a sure thing. Right. Maybe at best it's a 50-50 no one, No one's a sure right. thing, you know? Yeah, maybe it's a 50-50 chance. But I really do think they need to take a swing like that. Uh, if they, if and again, if you, not, if you, yeah, we can win a playoff game with this current team currently constructed with a couple of first round picks, maybe two playoff games, not a Super Bowl team. And I think if you want to win a Super Bowl, this is the type of move you have to make. What do you do, Jared? If uh, you know this this Dan Campbell coach team and what they put in place and the karma they got going right now with Jared Goff, you bring a guy like Richardson or even any first round quarterback. I, I hear what you're saying about winning the Super Bowl, and I, I get it that maybe Goff isn't the guy to win a Super Bowl. Maybe he is, but I get that 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 uh, argument. But what would it do going into camp and going into next season after the surge they had this year, and you got a quarterback like Goff knowing, hey, they drafted a number one quarterback. Uh, you know, his mindset's going to be all screwed up, isn't it? I know it's a risk, and I'd be willing to admit it probably would deter the team for next season. Right. Which it sucks because we're building – because we really think we're going to have a great year. Yeah. But, again, it's the big picture. I'm not, I'm not – I don't want to cheer about winning a, you know, uh, first-round playoff game. I want to have a parade in Detroit. 
mm-hmm. if you want to have a parade in Detroit, Anthony you need to take a few guy. swings, man. Billy Bean, man. <laughs> okay. You need to take a few swings. And this is a big swing. You're swinging it it's either a home run or you're getting struck out looking. Uh, so we'll see. I, yep. I just we'll circle that. Maybe they draft him. Maybe they don't. But let's keep an eye on what Richardson's career turns out to be. Solid. All right. We'll do that. All right. I think that's enough in sports. Let's uh, let's uh, take a real short break and come back with just a little bit of a entertainment segment right after this. Looking to buy items online? Go to CRAuctions.com. All you need to do is download the app to your phone or computer and start buying and selling today. CRAuctions.com will market your items all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy something, we can help with that too. Just go to CRAuctions.com. Search our inventory and place your bid. Plus, there are online auctions for farm machinery, firearms, automobiles, and truckloads of overstocked items. It's fast, it's easy, and you will get results. Get the app and check out CRAuctions.com today. All right, guys, I don't have a lot because uh, I didn't get a lot of TV time when I was out in D.C., but the Murdaugh trial did get finished guilty as uh, I thought he would. I did take your advice, Matt, and watch the uh, three-part series on Netflix. I did get a chance to sneak that in. Pretty much covered everything you wanted to know about that whole case. And, you know, it leaves you wanting more because the son, Buster, I think he's going to be up on charges here sometime soon himself. But uh, what a, what a weird story, huh? Weird story. And I'm I'm sure like, like was said multiple times in that, that show, we ended up watching another CNN did like a three part docu series. It just showed more details, I guess. Um, there's probably more. There's so much more to this that, I mean, they they could put this family away forever, you know, right. generations. And you know, it's it's just crazy because it just makes you wonder. Like, there's probably other situations like this out there. These small towns, especially maybe in the south, where there's just this family that's been there for generations kind of running things and it was crazy i think i texted texted you guys so where that trial was going on is a couple hours away right i I heard on the radio one morning that people were showing up at like 3 a.m at the courthouse to line up to get in (laughs) and you know watch the trial it's just it's crazy how those things i mean ted you're an oj guy oh yeah and how those things just like take on like a a life form of itself or something people get enthralled with it it's weird, man. You get your popcorn out and you like watch it. I, I can't yeah. get behind it. One thing I will say I was a big fan of. I thought it was one of the funnier videos I saw all week. OJ Simpson's uh interpretation <laughs> of the trial. Ted, you shared that. I mean it was classic. He was what did, I don't remember how you worded it, but basically that he was the master, like his opinion should matter more than anyone else's. And it should, man. He he laid it out. He's got a he's got a very funny Twitter account. And yeah. I can see why he was so well-liked back in the day because he's got something that's kind of charming about him, but he's definitely a psychopath, man. Didn't he say something like someone asked him what his opinion was of the trial and he said something like, why would people want to know my opinion on if he was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, he did say that right at the very start of his reaction. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. why do you think we want to hear your opinion? But right. it, it was classic how he was laying it out, man. It was very astute analysis, I will say. It was it was it was a well-made video. Yeah. No doubt. Well, I know, Matt, you've, I haven't had a chance to get into 1923 or yep. Last of Us, but I know you've been probably staying up to date on that, right? Yep. Um, yeah, we're caught up on both of those. Last of Us is still humming along. I know two episodes ago, the Twitterverse was very underwhelmed with it. Yeah. It was it was basically a show 
showing Ellie's backstory, a, a lot of her oh. backstory, not everything. It was okay. a lot slower. You know, yeah. I, I enjoyed it, um, but a lot of people didn't. This next episode really kind of came back <laughs> with a vengeance. So Last of Us is still going. 1923, you know, took the break for like the holidays, I guess. And it came back with a bang. And, you know, I, I said it to you guys before we started recording. I They've kind of jumped around, I guess, in the timeline. And a lot of the drama for this show is if the Dutton family is going to keep their ranch <laughs> or all the drama. There's always so much drama going on if they're finally going to lose the ranch and whatever businessman or whatever government or whatever is going to take it away from them. Well, this is happening in 1923 and we know the current show is still going with them with the ranch. So that, that kind of ruins the drama for me a little bit, but like I said, it's still cool to see how the family, how it all plays out, all the dynamics and the the cinematography we've said it it's such a cool show to watch man in the mountains of montana and the ranch and all that so it's good i i told you guys this right before we started the pod but i stalled out on yellowstone right around season four now that i'm thinking about it what really did me in it was was an episode where john dutton brings like a tree hugger to his ranch and shows her around what am i even watching at this point man <laughs> that was where I kind of drew the. I don't know. That's and then he ends up. Then I'm he ends up hooking up with her, and yeah, oh, well, of course that's how it ended up turning out. So no, I didn't even get that far. I just the, she was eating dinner and something dumb. So that happened. <laughs> uh, but I've heard 1883 is great, so I, I probably yeah. will tune into that. But I think I've kind of been KO'd on the Yellowstone. I, I made it a good run. You know, I got four seasons in, but I, I don't think I can bring it home. You know, you did pretty good. Actually, I, I was going to say if if that if it jumped the shark at all, it might have been after season three, you know, where yeah. it kind of started to slow down that momentum it had. But I 100% agree. 1883 is standalone because it's a one season deal and it's really well done. And yeah. 1923, man, I'm, I'm thinking that might even be the best of all the trilogy. So it's good. It's really good. Yep. It's just a cool story, you know. Yeah, Yellow Yellowstone has gotten a little crazy, yeah. but not, it's one of those. I'm I'm in on it. I like Kevin Costner a lot yep. too. So I'll still watch it yep. along with Tulsa King. Love yeah. it. I gotta get into that. All right, back home, boys. I can get back in front of my TV, so I'll have more <laughs> stuff in the future. You're but like, uh, <laughs> you're like the um, at the end of Wreck It Ralph, the video game where they're like attached to the laser beam, like right. That's how you are with the TV, but it's like you, if you stay away from it for too long, you run out of power. So they got to bring you back. And <laughs> you in. are right. You know, a lot of kids nowadays, a lot of parents nowadays don't want their kids watching TV, man. I, I grew up on TV and I'm not, I'm not ashamed that I love TV. I absolutely <laughs> love TV. That we'll is great. There. All right, guys, I got a busy week, though, in, yep. in basketball. I'll tell you about that in a second. But uh, just to tell everybody, this program has been brought to you by Memorial Healthcare's Now Community Wellness Center and SkyMint Cannabis. SkyMint Cannabis, beautiful new grow processing facility at the former Summit Building in Diamonddale over in the Lansing area, over 15 retail locations throughout the state of Michigan. Check out their new SkyMint Reserve, an elevated cannabis line featuring exceptional profiles, for a more dynamic feeling. You like that, Jared? Dynamic feeling. Next time you go pick up your eggs, you'll be feeling that feeling. If you're over 21, go online at skymint.com. Check out the latest deal. Sign up for the rewards program and go to that Corona store. Use the coupon code 3.20 for 20% off Skymint products. Also, Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center. Guys, I missed it. I got my walking in when I was out east. 
but I missed the gym and I finally got back there yesterday and today and it was great to be there on the sky track you know using the equipment uh, the the steam room I can't tell you how much I missed that that was just awesome to get back in there and just flush out the you know the pores so it's a great <laughs> great place the Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center uh, definitely reasonable to sign up probably the premier workout gym area in this area so check them out also check out az printing solutions capital sports Fieldhouse, grill real estate and auction nelson house funeral homes rivals tap house and grill and success group mortgage and servicing don't forget to give us a follow on socials that's at three point pod and give us a follow at our youtube channel as well our z92.5 game of the week doubleheader district semifinal from new lothar high school that'll be wednesday march 8th tomorrow 5:30 Bath taking on 21 and O Langsburg. That uh, that'll be interesting. We'll see if the Wolfpack can keep it rolling. At seven o'clock, Ovid Elsie against Perry. I was impressed with Perry last night. They've now won five in a row, and they uh, pretty much dominated New Lothrop on their home court last night. So hey, maybe we'll see a decent game there. The Ramblers are hot, but the championship game will be Friday night. You can hear it all on Z92.5.com worldwide. So. Boys, it's been a fun one. It's been good catching up with you back home here and have a great week. Everybody else out there, peace and love. Be kind. Thanks for listening. Hey, gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to 3pointpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.